Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. This morning, uh, in the morning services, we had graduation. Um, the students who are doing Bible school, and it's called Every Nation Leadership Institute, and also other students that are doing theological training, which is called Lead 215. They graduated this morning. So we were just celebrating so much concerning the milestone that they reached. And we believe, we are a church that believes in the Word of God above the Word of, man, of a man. We believe in the Word of God above any opinion, above our emotions, above our circumstances, above everything. Amen? The Word of God says that everything was created through God's Word. And it is the, it is the primary source of life itself. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. It refers to Jesus in Revelations as the Word of God. And so when we're dealing with the Word of God, we're dealing with God. And so we, we really want to encourage every single believer that you will not just have the opinions of the pastors and the opinions of wonderful people out there on your social media profile, but that you will have the Word of God speaking into every area of your life. I remember when I was in high school, I used to have a Gideon's Bible. You guys know the Gideon's Bible? The blue small one that fits in your pocket? They usually have it at some hotels. At the back of the Gideon's Bible, you have sort of like a glossary of, of topics. Yeah, you guys have seen that. When in doubt, when in in rejection, when, when proud, when too happy, you read those scriptures. And this is exactly what the Word of God says. When I was being discipled in high school, the person that was leading me, he said, this is the Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth. B-I-B-L-E, Bible. And so you need to carry it like a manual. You need to carry it like something that leads every decision that you make. And the Word of God says in Psalm 1, just put up for us Psalm 1 before we get into our Word. I want to just establish you and make you realize that you are privileged if you've got the Word of God. You can rejoice. Even if your parents don't have wealth to give you, if they give you the Word of God, then you are able to rejoice. Let's read together Psalm 1 verse 1, 1 to go. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked or stand in the way with sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, the word of the Lord, and who meditates on his law, and he is. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaves does not wither, whatever they do prospers. Yeah, we'll stop there. Whatever. Tell your neighbor, you can prosper in everything you do. That's right. God has a formula for your success. God has a formula for you to prosper. And prosper doesn't mean money. Prosper means you're doing well according to God's will in every area of your life. In your family, in your health, in every area of your life. What is the secret? You need to have the Word of God and you need to meditate or you need to ponder and speak it over your life. You need to know the Word of God and you need to do that how often? Every day. 
day and night, every day, and you will make your way prosperous. Put for us uh, Joshua chapter 1, verse, verse 6 to 8. Come on. Okay, so Joshua is a young leader. He's taking over rulership or leadership over about 2 million people. He's supposed to make sure that they enter into the promises of God. And these are rebellious people. But God speaks to him and says this to him. Let's read it together. One to go. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Next verse. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Can you see there? Another version, King James says, and you will make your way prosperous. You have the word of God, you will make your way prosperous. Many times in life, we find ourselves almost lost. What do I do? What should I do? But the word of God instructs us in every area of our lives. Amen. And so I'm emphasizing that there are different ways in which the Word of God can enter your life. Sunday evening is one of them. You could have been at home watching Netflix, watching news, watching movies, reading books for those who read. But the Word of God does not only minister to you in your spirit or in your mind. It actually is medicine to all your flesh. Proverbs chapter 4. I need to get back to my message, but I feel <laughs> like the Lord is emphasizing something tonight. Once you get this, you begin to mature. Verse 20. Let's read it together. One, two, go. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Hold on. So here what he's saying is take time out of your busy schedule to incline your ear to my sayings. It's not just... Oh, I've got, I don't have time to be in the Word. Oh, I, I, I'll, I'll do it when I've got time. No. Make time. Incline your ear. Make time. Take, step aside and come to the Word. Pay attention. Next one. Do not let them out of your sight. Can you see the emphasis? It's not just some, know some scripture. All things work. Some way it's written by his stripes. I think it's stripes. By his stripes, I am healed. Something like that. Huh? Something by his stripes. Is it? No, not like that. You need to know it. It needs to be in your reaction. When the enemy prods you, word comes out. Like Jesus. When the enemy tempted, the word came out. Alright? Do not let them out of your sight. What does he say? Keep them within your Continue. Let's read. For they are life to those who find them 
and health. That, that word there is medicine. The word of God is medicine. It's supplements. Yeah? It's vitamins. Some of you, you are on weight loss programs. You need to set aside that weight loss program and take on the, the weight of the word. Okay? They are life to those who find them and health to your whole body. Hebrews 4, verse 20. I hope I'm quoting it right. Ask your neighbor, do you have a Bible? <laughs> Sometimes you need a real Bible because the Antichrist will block the apps. <laughs> or there's no network to get to the scripture. Verse 20. Hebrews. Eh? Is there no 20? Is it verse 12? Thank you. Verse 12, let's read together. One, to go. For the word of God is alive. Stop, 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 stop. Don't read the word too quickly. You'll miss. The word of God is what? Alive. Alive. So when you pick up the word of God, you don't pick it up like any other book. Any other book, you just pick it up, you read. When you take up the word of God, you are dealing with something that is alive, that is conscious. It's aware of you. And it is alive and active. Active is operative. Operative. Okay? And then, sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit. It gets into the depths of your issues. Whether it be spiritual issues or whether it be emotional issues. Your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions. All your depressions. All your doubts. The word of God can, is sharp enough to go right there. Okay? And then it says joints and? What is joints and marrow? What is the normal? It starts with a B. Your bones. What gets... What gets what gets produced in your marrow? Your blood. And your immune, your white blood cells. Remember when you've got your leukemia, they have to do a transplant of your bone marrow. When you are in the word, you are having a bone marrow transplant. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you grew up with, what you were born with. In the source of your life, the very blood source, the word of God can right there begin to work. Are you hearing what I'm saying here? Because sometimes you're just listening to the scriptures as if it's just words in the air. We are talking about something that is alive, living and active, sharper than anything. If you understand this, it will show in your actions. How much time do you spend in the Word of God? If you understand this, we, you won't have to tell us. No, I spend a lot of time in the Word. Mm -mm. We will know. We will know. We will know. We will know what you're passionate about. It says, joints and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Next, next verse. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Another version says, is hidden from its sight, the Word. 
everything is uncovered and laid bare. There are no secrets before the word. Laid bare before the eyes of, of him to whom we must give an account. Okay, so now let's get into the message this evening. We're sharing about a heavenly vision for missions. As a church, we believe that every believer should be equipped to become a minister. And this morning, the people who were graduating were not pastors. They were doctors, they were teachers, they were pharmacists, they were engineers, they were architects. These are the kind of people that have been going through the, the Bible school to learn the Word of God. So that they can become pastors? No. So that the Word of God can be effective in every area of their lives. Amen? Someone has said that if you've got a PhD in a certain discipline and you don't know the Word of God, you are illiterate. Because the word of God is the primary wisdom. It says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So if you've got all sorts of knowledge, but you don't have the word of God, you will begin to use your knowledge for destructive purposes. And so the word of God shows us a picture in heaven about God's heart for mission, God's heart for the nations of the earth. God created the earth perfect. It was good. It was very good. And we destroyed it. And the question is, does God have a plan B for this situation? Most of the time when you tell people about heaven, they look at you and say, heaven is on earth and hell is on earth. You want to ask them, where did you hear that? Who told you that? But what happens here in Revelation is one of Jesus' disciples, John, you know John, he was at the foot of the cross with G the mother of Jesus? Yes. This John, he, the church at that time was under severe persecution and the disciples were being killed. Now John, in some of the older versions of the Bible, they say the epistle of John, the divine. Because John was taken and they to torture him and they tried to boil him alive but after the fire was out after the the hot oil was cold John stepped out of the pot they couldn't remember the question about Jesus saying this one will not die until this happens and then Peter says are they saying that he's not going to die and he says what is it to you John so John survives persecution. They kill him. They can't. So what do they do? Exile him. Put him on an island. And on the island of Patmos, he has a vision called the Revelation. All right? And here in chapter 4, he says that I looked up. I looked and, and before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here. And I will show you what must take place after this. And at once I was in the spirit and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. So he is having an encounter which is real. And it's a vision. And so he's, he's in heaven being shown these things. He's in the spirit experiencing it. Most people ask, yes, but these are visions of heaven. How does it affect earth? 
we were taught by Jesus to pray this. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done on as it is in heaven. What happens in heaven? Heaven has the throne of God, the ruler of all that is good and perfect. And Revelations 5, it says, Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. In the ancient times, they didn't have books. They had scrolls. So everything is written on a scroll and then rolled up and then it is sealed closed. It's wax that they put on the scroll and then you stamp it with the signet of that authority. And only the authorized person is allowed to open the seal and bring out the evidence that is in the scroll. It will be the same as the, the password to the ATM. Have you ever gone to the bank to get an ATM card? And then they give you that closed parcel only for you to open. Because when you open that and there's money in the bank, there will be access to many things. In the same way, the scroll contains mysteries that are supposed to bring God's will, God's plan B into the earth after the destruction that Satan and sin has brought in. And so Revelations 5, he continues in verse 2, I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside. And John said, I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or to look inside. And then, Revelations 5, it says, Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. So God's desire working in the earth is always through the one he put in charge, with, which is mankind. And the earth and heaven and under the earth, no one could be found who was worthy to open the scroll and to open the seals and to bring God's will into the earth. Except one, the Lion of Judah. Do you know that Jesus in his lineage, they don't, don't just call him the Lion of the tribe of Judah. The reason is if you read your Bible, starting with Adam, and you follow the genealogies, you come to Abraham, and Abraham has a son called Isaac, and Isaac has two sons called Jacob and Esau. And Jacob has 12 sons. One of them is Judah. And Judah, he has a lineage that has David in it, and Jesus comes in that bloodline. And there's a reason why. We can't get into it today. And so in heaven, there is hope. Because Jesus is worthy. The lion of the tribe of Judah is worthy. And then he expects to see a lion. But then it says, then I saw a lamb. Looking as if it had been slain. Standing at the center of the throne. Encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. And the lamb had seven horns. And seven eyes which are the seven spirits of God sent into all the earth. 
And so the announcement is that we've got somebody who's going to set us free. We've got somebody who is worthy to open the scroll. We have somebody who is worthy to unlock the seals and bring the word of God and bring the will of God into the earth. His name is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He's announced as a lion. But then when you see him, you see a lamb. And this was the issue with the Jews. When Jesus came on the scene, they expected the Messiah to be a lion. They expected the Messiah to deliver them from Roman rule and oppression. And then the Messiah comes and he's been slaughtered on a cross. He's been slaughtered on the cross. And it says, I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slaughtered, slain. He saw a lamb, the blood was flowing. This is the one who is worthy to unlock the seals and bring the will of God into the earth. The victory won by the lion is accomplished by the death of the lamb. Tonight we're talking about a heavenly vision that produces mission. The reason why we do what we do as a church, as believers, why we preach the gospel, why we go out, because of this. Revelation 5 or 7, it says, He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding the golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. When you pray, your prayers come before the throne of God like incense. And they sang a new song saying, let's say, let's say this together, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation next one you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth this is you that you were bought with a price. That the blood of Christ paid so that you could become a priest and a king. And it says, verse 11, Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and ten thousands times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. And in a loud voice they were saying, let's say this together, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Just imagine. Oh. <laughs> glory. And so the Lamb is being recognized by all of heaven because of the desperation of heaven and earth and under the earth. Looking for someone who is worthy. It says, Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth, and under the earth and on the sea, and all that is in them saying, let's say this together, To him who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. Amen. And the living creatures, the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down. And worship. And this is the picture of what's happening in heaven. Worship. 
God is honored. God is glorified. But in the earth, the sons of men are dying in sin. Jesus is able to unlock the seals and to bring in salvation. So I want to touch on five key principles for a heavenly vision that gives us mission. Many of us are not reaching out to our friends, not reaching out to our neighbors, because we have no vision that compels us into mission. Principle number one, mission begins with God on the throne. Ask your neighbor, is God your Lord? Because if he is not, it will show. You know, sometimes, sometimes you're in a relationship with someone that you love, but whenever you go out to see your friends and family and they say, can I come? And you're like, no, 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 you can't come. <laughs> Amen? Can I have a witness? And that shows that that person does not love you. Let me not start some relationship problems. But if you love someone, you are not ashamed of them. Amen? And if you are ashamed of them, then begin to love them. And so God on the throne, he's got a mission to restore his glory and kingship to the earth. It says, and I remember when I was growing up as a young boy, there was this tape that they were playing. It says, And by his blood he purchased men. By his blood he purchased men, like an echo. And by his blood he purchased men, by his blood he's purchased men, by his blood he's purchased men, by his blood he's purchased men for God. From every tribe and kingdom and people and nation, every tribe and people and kingdom and nation, and they will reign on the earth, reign, reign on the earth. So heaven is looking on the earth. Those of us who are getting born again are, are rising up as kings on the earth. You might think, I'm just another Christian, I am nothing. Heaven looks on the earth and kings are rising. Priests are rising. Right? Because what Jesus has done has made you something else. The word of God says, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. He's a new creature. He's a new species. He's a new kind of being. And so God's purpose is to bring this on the earth. The Lord's prayer says, let your kingdom come on earth. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we believe in a scripture in this church, Matthew 28, verse 18 and 19. You will hear it all the time. It says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Jesus speaking. Therefore, so let me ask you tonight, does Jesus have authority? Are you sure? Therefore, go and make disciples. If you say, yes, Jesus has authority, then go. If you don't go, what does that mean? You are saying? Hallelujah. There's some logic in the room. And so it's critical for you to understand the authority of Jesus. And many times, we're in a place where we haven't given our lives to Christ, but we want to go. It starts with giving your life to Christ first. Who's on the throne of your heart? Principle number two, mission is all about worship. It says, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Worship leads us to witness. 
I remember the one time when I, when I was still at university, I was on my way to campus the one morning. And it was early in the morning, Stellenbosch, beautiful paradise, walking with my bag to campus and seeing the sunrise behind the trees. And just seeing such beauty, I started to get emotional. Can you imagine? <laughs> Me, a, a strong guy. <laughs> and immediately the Holy Spirit started speaking to me about Moses. When Moses was spending a lot of time with God, he said, Lord, thank you for all these things you're showing me. Can I see your face? <laughs> Can I see your face? I know your voice. I know the angel. Can I see your face? And God tells him, Moses, no man can see my face and live. But I will put you in the rock and I will pass by you and you will see the back of my presence and I will declare my name over you. And so he puts Moses in the cleft of the rock and Moses is looking through and the presence of God is passing and he declares his name, the Lord, rich in mercy, abounding in loving kindness, slow to anger. This is what Moses sees. <laughs> And I felt like the Lord was speaking to me and saying, the reason why you cannot live after you've seen me is not because my presence is destructive. It's because your body, your being cannot contain such pleasure. <laughs> Have you ever seen people meeting friends that they hadn't seen in a long time and passing out? <laughs> Because of joy. Have you ever seen people win a competition and passing out with joy? Passing out. The presence of God. That's why we need a glorified body. When Jesus comes, we will be transformed. And we will be like him. That body can contain pleasures like you don't understand. When we stand before the throne of God and say, <laughs> amazed amazed that we are the ones who can see and perceive glory mission is all about worship and many times in our lives we sell ourselves short for pleasures that are far below than what we should have which is fellowship with almighty God fellowship with almighty God number three Mission of kings and priests. It says you have, been, you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. When is this supposed to happen? When is this supposed to happen? Church? Now. Tell your neighbor, you are a king. Tell your neighbor, you are a priest. Huh? Peter said it this way. You are a, a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. You know that song of Sinat? We are a chosen generation called for to show his excellence. Huh? All I require for life God has given me, I know. Walking in power, working miracles, I live a life of faith. Many of us, we sang that, that tune. It's not burning in your spirit. Hmm. <laughs> And you know what? The angels that are assigned to you, they know who you are. 
they know you. The demons that recognize you in the club, they know who you are. They will say, what are the kings doing here tonight? And you are going in dancing. Demons and angels are like, what is this confusion? <laughs> Why? Because there's a spirit inside of you. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you right now. And when you become aware of it, you begin to do things in the earth. Jesus says, the works that I do, they that believe in me, they will do the same works. John 4, 1 John 4 verse 17, as Jesus is, put it up for us please. 1 John 4 verse 17. This is so important. When you become aware of it, you begin to live it out. It says we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, so that we might become aware of what we have received from God. Do you have it there? 1 John 4 verse 17. Let's read it together. This is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. Stop. How many of you feel like on the day of judgment you will feel very confident? Just put your hand up. I see that hand. I see that hand. Others are like, cha 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 cha. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. Maybe after the service. Right? You know why we should be confident? Because we were not washed with our own blood. We were not washed with the blood of perishable things. We were not washed with the blood of animals. We were washed with the blood of the eternal Son of God. We were purified. And we were justified, brought into the kingdom. It says we were translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His dear Son. And then it's... <laughs> we must have confidence on the day of judgment. Right? Because... In this, in this world, we are like Jesus. King James says, because as he is, so are we in this world. Tell your neighbor, I'm a child of God. I'm born of God. I carry his DNA. Is that true? You know, the Word of God says that we are born of the incorruptible sperm of the Word of God. I know there are children here. You guys know what sperm is, right? Come on, God made it. Don't act like that. <laughs> right? It is the seed of life that comes from the husband. Right? The Word of God says that you are born of the incorruptible, imperishable seed, sperma of the Word of God. When we say you are born again, we are talking about real things. Real things. You remember John 3? Give us John 3 quickly. Nicodemus is a priest in Israel. He comes to Jesus at night because they will persecute him for coming to that heretic. So he comes at night. He comes to the evening service. <laughs> John chapter 3, verse 1. And so Nicodemus comes to Jesus. Let's read it together. One to go. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. Continue. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, 
We know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Next one. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Next verse. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Next one. Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Next one. Flesh gives birth to spirit, but spirit is Did you hear that? Many of you are saying, hi, don't go to those born-again churches. Jesus started this born-again thing. <laughs> are you a born-again? No, I'm not a born-again. I'm a Christian. <laughs> Jesus is the one who said, unless you are born again, one, you cannot perceive spiritual things. Two, you can never enter into it. Give the next one. You, let's read together one to go. You should not be surprised at my saying. You must be born. You must. Why? This thing is not by membership. Into the kingdom of God is not by membership. You are not royal bloodline. You can't become part of Buckingham Palace and Prince Harry and those people by membership. You can marry in, which like, like we did, we married Jesus, right? But then, you must be born into that family. What's the boy's name? Is it Archie? The, the son of Harry and Who's the other lady? The black sister. What's her name? <laughs> Megan. <laughs> That's all we remember. Someone else <laughs> in the palace. <laughs> yeah, you must either be born into it or be married into it. And what happened to us? We were born into it and we are married into it. Hallelujah. Therefore, when we are walking in heaven and in heavenly places, angels do this. And you are with your low self-esteem. Oh, there's nothing. Oh, I can't do anything. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And angels are like, ah, oh, man. <laughs> right? Royalty must be learned. Yeah? If you take any of the royal children, if you take Archie and he grows up among some, some other non-royal, you will be just like them. If you take another one who's not part of the royal family, you raise him among kings. And this is what God did with Moses. He was plucked from the Nile River. He was raised as a king. And then he came to bring slaves out. God couldn't raise a slave. Anyway, I'm going off. So the mission <laughs> of kings and priests. Put your hand on your heart. Say, I am a king. I'm a priest. From today, I walk in that way. I talk in that way. I believe in that way. In Jesus' name. Next one. Next one. Next one. Number four. Mission unites. And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll. You are worthy to take the scroll. And to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Nowadays, 
there's this lie. I don't know if you guys believe it. That people say, yeah, Christianity is the religion of the white man. What a lie. What a lie. Read. Read history. Christianity didn't start in Europe. It started in Israel. Right? And then the first place where Christianity went historically is where? Asia. With Thomas. Doubting Thomas. He goes to India. Then the next place where, where, where the gospel goes is where? Africa. Ethiopia. With the Ethiopian eunuch. Before Europe gets the gospel. And then? Europe. And then? America, and then South America. And then what happens? Colonialism starts and they come. That's the second time that Christianity is coming to Africa. So if anyone tells you, Christianity is the religion of the white man, just say, raise your hand so I can pray for you. <laughs> huh? So that you can learn how to read. It's propaganda from hell to divide nations. And to keep Africa trapped from the bread of life. This thing is not about skin color. If you cut the, your neighbor now, everything inside is the same. Then they come up with this whole evolution lie. Let me not get started. <laughs> so mission unites us. Mission unites us. Because of Christ, various tribes and tongues are brought together. The Jewish people thought they were going to be the only ones. But God said, no, you are light to the nation so that every nation could be blessed. Next one. The lion and the lamb principle. So the victory is won by the lion. That's won by the lion is accomplished by the death of the lamb. In our lives, we must, we must have strength and weakness together. The apostle Paul said it this way. When I am weak, then I am strong. Because his strength is made perfect in my Weakness. Tell your neighbor, your weakness is not a problem to God. Because he is the strength of your life. Huh? Um, psalm 27. This is the psalm when I was at high school and when I was at university, my mom used to write me letters. My son, well done for studying hard. Remember the word of the Lord is the key of your heart. Remember to stay away from this. My mom used to write me letters. And then at the end, she always put Psalm 27. Let's read it together. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The other version says, The Lord is the strength of my life. You don't have to be strong in your own strength. The Lord is the strength of your life. Give us the last slide. The word of God says, uh, Paul tells Timothy, be, preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, whether you are ready or not. It's like that hide and seek game. Ready or not, preach the gospel. <laughs> right. You need to share what is inside of you. Amen? Amen? Okay, let us stand. Thank you, Lord. There are people here, you are not sh you're not sure if you are born again. And um, I really feel like the Lord 
wants to give you an opportunity tonight to make that very sure and certain. There's others here, you have a severe fear to, to share the gospel with people. And God wants to really just give you boldness tonight. And there are others of you here, uh, you're just excited to share the gospel and God is encouraging you to continue doing that. But I want to pray for the first two. So if you're here, you're not sure if you're born again, but you want to make your life right with Christ, you want to give your life to Christ, just raise your hand. I want to pray for you tonight. I see that hand. I see that hand. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? Right. And then the group of people that you have this fear to share the gospel. Just raise your hand. We want to pray for you right now. Yeah, just raise your hand. You don't have to be afraid or ashamed or anything like that. So, as you're raising your hand, you're saying yes to the Holy Spirit. Right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for those who are raising their hands. I pray, Lord, for those who are uncertain about whether they're born again or not. I pray that you'll give them the assurance of their faith tonight in Jesus' name. I pray also, Lord, for those who are afraid to share the gospel. I pray right now, and I declare over them, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. It is in you already. I pray, God, that you will stir up in people the desire to know the word and to step out. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.